It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me. this Tonight, I have a real treat for you. My guest is the producer, writer, and performer of a play that is going to do its world premiere here in Los Angeles, actually in Santa Monica, at the Promenade Playhouse. And my guest is Jean Franzblau, and her play is entitled Coming Out Kinky, a grown-up story. So, Jean, when I posted on Facebook and Twitter today, what I said was, okay, all things kinky. (laughs) Yes, good, good one. Very good. And so, given that this is your journey to Mm -hmm. becoming a sexually fulfilled woman. Mm -hmm. Okay, you you have, as I say, it isn't every day someone writes and performs a play about their sexual awakening. So please please walk me through the Mm -hmm. start of this journey. Mm -hmm. And what I'd then also like to do is because Mm -hmm. when people discover that they may not be part of the standard sexual awakenings, mm-hmm. they often feel, oh my God, I'm so isolated. I'm all by myself. Yep, that's how I felt. <laughs> and I, you know, and I, I don't want to necessarily compare it directly to mm-hmm. someone who might know from the time they were a child, mm-hmm. young child, that they were gay, but my yeah. older sister, that was the case for her, she mm-hmm. knew, she, she said, I thought everybody had crushes on their girlfriends. And Winston Wilde told me that he knew that he liked to make little girls scream when he was in, like, grade (laughs) five, like grade four. And he said he knew it, but he didn't know what it was. Yep. Yes. So walk, walk, walk me through how... You're awakening because you did mention about your sister. You do mention that, you know, you were kind of like, hmm. Yeah. And I have to let, yeah. And Jean and I met actually at a LASA luncheon through a colleague, Hernando Chavez. Yeah, the Los Angeles Sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Los Angeles Sexology Association. Mm -hmm. And I, knowing, and I knew that you were writing something. I didn't know you were going to do a whole play. Yes, yes. That's why I wanted to find that group, is I was looking for community for sure. Mm -hmm. So you're wondering, how did it all start? Well, I can tell you, 
that when I discovered, when I was a teenager finding books and magazines in my older sister's room, it's never occurred to me that, that any of it was kinky. It was just completely curious about sexuality. And I loved having private time with her books and magazines to just explore. And I think a lot of people can identify with that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so I went about my, my, my sexual uh, How much older up. was your sister than you? Four years older. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I considered her very sophisticated. She was. Mm-hmm. And so I would say a really important part of my story is that she was sexual. She was aware of her sexuality. She, was, she had boyfriends. And it was causing a lot of friction at home. Basically, my parents didn't quite know what to do with, with a very sexually awake um, teenager, a teenage girl who's sexually awake. Who knows how to handle that? They didn't. Oh, yeah, most parents don't. Right. And so, so I was, as a, let's say, 12-year-old, observing that they were not really appreciating her sexuality, and it was causing a lot of arguing and anger in the household. And so I made a decision that affected my sexuality for the next, what, two decades? Which, is that, which was that if sexuality upsets my parents, and I love my parents and don't want to upset my parents, I better not be sexual. Oh, my Lord, yep. you are kidding me. Well, that's the decision I made. And so, okay, I can't be that. And then, but of course, I was having the feelings and interests and fascination. So what do you do? And the answer is it goes underground. I had to right. hide for myself, really. I considered myself in my 20s uh, con- uh, like kind of cut at the neck. There was the oh. intellectual part of myself and the student. And then there was right. this body that I just didn't know how to handle. So, wow, because so, I, I know you have, you know, the, you've got the theater background, you've got the university background, yeah. you've got, you know, you've trained, you've you graduated cum laude from UCLA, trained at the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York, you've done your appearances, you've done TV, you've done all this stuff. Right, so, and does it really prepare you for a sexually fulfilled life? Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, no kidding. Right? So, so yeah, really. You know, there I was, you know, having experiences and feeling very guilty about them. And ultimately, you know, I had my first relationship when I was 19, lost my virginity then. And when that broke up, I was heartbroken. And in my 20s, I was quite confused about how to relate. And for some years, I just didn't. But anyway, Mm -hmm. I, I got myself into a relationship in my 30s. I was really proud of myself. I had some communication skills. And I was, we had a four and a half year relationship. And it was good at the start. But at a certain point, I had grown and we had grown apart. But I didn't know how to get out of it. So it went longer than it ought to have. So (laughs) a few things happened while it went too long. One is vaginismus. I'm sure you're familiar with that, which is that. Yeah. And you know, you know what, Jean, you saying that I had a conversation yesterday with another colleague you know, who you may have met at LASA, Kim Ayers, and we were talking about exactly that. And she said herself that she had that exact same thing happen when her, she knew her marriage was ending. And even though her brain wasn't necessarily saying it, her body was. And vaginismus is, you know, the inability to be penetrated without there being pain, and in some cases just simply can't happen. For me, it was burning, such uncomfortable Boy. burning. And, ugh, who wants that? And so I tried to avoid sex. I went to the gynecologist. I was worried I had an STD. Ultimately, right. he said, 
you know, relax. And I said, I'm relaxing. He goes, oh, you've got vaginismus. It's involuntarily tightening up there. And guess what he said to me? He said, just stretch it out. Just stretch it out. You know, do like this. Do like that. Rather than ask me a question about the relationship. It just. But he wouldn't have known to. I guess. But I feel it's appalling. (laughs) Like, No, it is. But but Jean, physicians don't get any training about sexual pleasure. So I, what I wish he knew, and now I know, and so I can share through my show and through this, thank you for this opportunity, is that my body and your body, why? There's wisdom there. And when my body was creating pain, it was telling me that this partnership was no longer working and that my sexual life deserves to be focused on and paid attention to, and it was not happening in this relationship. So right. when, I let it, when I let it go, which was excruciating, but when I did... That is when this journey, the one that begins with my play, really gets started. Because once I was out of that, I had thought my sexuality was lost to me. I had been so miserable. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I gave myself permission to explore, to ask okay. myself, what makes me curious? What's interesting? What would I like to try? And then I started to realize, oh, wait a minute. I like this. Oh, my goodness. I've always been curious about that. And maybe so that, when, how did these, yeah. how did, but Jean, how did those thoughts occur to you? Because when you do your play, Coming Out Kinky, mm-hmm. you play 20 different characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, <do. laughs> I mean, it's going to be like, people are going to be thinking, you know, 22 faces of Sybil or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm lucky that, I, that all the, ba- I think it's very interesting how life is that sometimes your background, it all comes together for, for a purpose, but maybe at the time you don't know what it is. So I have this acting background. I had done some writing and curious about sexuality. Uh, and all of it comes together. <laughs> all of it came together. But um, what I did was is I, well, I was so sexually malnourished by the end of that relationship. Right. Well, you that said my, you were looking. You were looking and exploring. Where yeah. did you first look? Oh, I think you're going to be appalled. Okay, no, first thing is, is that there actually was somebody who was flirting with me, a friend of a friend, and he could kind of smell that there was going to be a change in my relationship, perhaps, you know, he just could tell, and he just kept in touch with me. So actually, my first exploration was to pursue that relationship and get to know him and let him take me to dinner and be wooed a little bit. And, and, And he helped me understand that vaginismus was a thing of the past. It wasn't like I needed a, tw- a, a one-year program. It was gone. Mm-hmm. Now, that's interesting. After- you know, and, and Kim and Kim Ayer said exactly the same thing. When, as soon as she was out, she said, I've never had any problem with it since. And that was a revelation because I really thought that um, penetrate, penetrative vaginal sex was, was over for me. And it was mm-hmm. a real relief. From there, I, I had a friend who was divorced, having her own sexual awakening, and this is where I just think you're going to be shocked, is she said she was exploring and finding safe partners on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. She, uh, I said, how are you doing that? What are you, what are you crazy? How are you doing it? And she opened it up and she showed me her process, how she susses out potential candidates for play partners. And uh, I was thrilled. <laughs> you know, I was thrilled because there were all these categories I hadn't even heard of. I mean, uh, there would be MW, uh, MW for W, which means a couple, you know, a heterosexual couple is looking for a female play partner, or MM 
for W, the gay couples looking for a fee, you know, and, and there was a transsexual, you know, acronym. There were all these acronyms, and I'm like, my goodness, this is a complex <laughs> world, but so interesting. Now, what year? Now, we have one minute. We have 30 seconds until our first break. Sure. What year were you looking on Craigslist? It was a couple years ago. So 2007, okay. maybe? Why? Why? Okay, because I just wanted to put it in context. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to our first break. My okay. guest is Jean Franzlau. She is the producer, writer, and performer of Coming Out Kinky, which will do its world premiere May 3rd. And tickets are at www.comingoutkinkybrowntickets. Is it browntickets.com? You know what the Brown paper thing tickets. Is, yeah, or just go I've to got it. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're coming to our tunes. Stay with us. We'll be right back with all things kinky, where to find it, and how to learn about it. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Spirituality and wealth, are you keeping them separate? On the Spiritual and Wealthy Show, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, Deborah Atian Wilson, known as the Intuitive Spiritual and Wealth Coach, enjoys kicking the old mindset to the curb that life needs to be spiritual or wealthy, when you can actually be both. Listen to the only spiritual and wealthy show for Deborah's playful, practical bottom line, cutting-edge wisdom to help you create the life you want and the life that you deserve. What does prosperity mean to you? How do you feel about being wealthy? Deborah's spiritual and wealthy show is about thinking and feeling differently about prosperity and wealth and how they are one. By being more playful about the ideas of spirituality and wealth and not taking ourselves so seriously, the spiritual and wealthy show will support you through Deborah Atian Wilson's raw, authentic, and tell it like it is trademark radio style. Heard every Wednesday here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question, be it function, sensation, or something you've heard. This is the spot. 
It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. This is Lou Paget again, and Jean Franzlau is my guest this evening. She is the producer, writer, and performer of 20 different characters in her sexual awakening play, Coming Out Kinky, A Grown-Up Story. And just before the break, we were talking about where she first looked with this friend who was guiding her on mm-hmm. Craigslist. And Jean, yep. you said that was a couple of years ago? It was, and I, I'm sheepish about it, as you can tell. Because no, no, course... but you know what else? I'll tell you, I've had other people who have had, you know, they've explored things with people on Craigslist. Not every person on Craigslist is a wackadoodle. Right, I found a friend. I found several friends and had new experiences, and I have a good sense, and I had a protocol I followed, and and uh, maybe I was lucky as well, shall we say. I just want people to be safe. And so, well, of course. Right? Yeah. Of course. Now, but yeah. where did... But you also talked about this club that you went to. Yes. A gentleman I met on Craigslist who became a friend and a play partner became like a partner in crime. And whatever might be curious about sexuality, that's where we would go. And he mentioned that there was an S&M club here in Los Angeles. And I'm like, what? A bondage club? What? Like, I really didn't know such things existed beyond in my fantasy life. And here it was just a few miles away near the airport. I was so naive. So naive. It was called the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Now, this this poor this my ex- experience having my first few steps in a bondage club, looking around, asking questions, was it was was one of the, my most favorite parts of my play because I walked the audience through it. I'm like Alice in Wonderland, very naive, looking around, seeing this, seeing that, getting titillated, kind of confused by my titillation. Um, but it's a really fun part of the play because by that point, the audience is comfortable with me. They trust me as their guide. And mm-hmm. so and so they're nervous for me and I think really curious as well. Mm-hmm. Now, question. Yeah. What do you want people to get out of coming out kinky? Mm-hmm. Thank you what so you much for asking. To, I have a very specific Yep, I have a very specific premise or mission, which is um, that sexuality is a part of uh, a, a lifetime as a human being, and that finding peace in my relationship with my sexuality is a passageway to maturity and happiness. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I've learned that there are some people who call themselves aces or asexual, and so therefore their sexuality is not necessarily that, a pathway to their blah, blah, blah. In fact, you know, acknowledging their own non-sexual life is their pathway. But for so many of us who are not aces or asexuals, I would say that this is a kindling, a kindling of an ember that deserves to be stoked, that deserves to be uh, given attention and care. Sexual health matters. And it's, mm-hmm. and, and, and I say a negotiation, that my negotiation with my sexuality is part of my lifetime process. Because at least for me, my interests shift and change. It's not always the same. And you know what? And before we go further, can you just let people know and define and highlight the differences between kinky sex and vanilla? You know, I, I think for some people, kinky is whatever is not what they would typically do. It's for them taboo. So for some people, oral sex is incredibly kinky. Right, where, right. where for somebody else, being spanked over the knee is kinky. 
So I think it really is a continuum of, well, what do you think? For me, I apply it to what's called BDSM, which is a shorthand for S&M, which is liking intensity and mixing intensity or, quote, pain with pleasure. Uh, um, role-playing as a submissive or role-playing as a dominant. Those are definitely, I think, categories that go under what I would call kink, yeah. Okay. Now, let's take you to that, as I call it, that tipping point or or brain grenade moment. Mm -hmm. You're you're in this private club. Now, was it the visual that you saw Mm -hmm. that you could imagine yourself being in these Mm -hmm. positions, or was it the power exchange that you were aware of? Because did your friend explain to you what about the dynamic of the power exchange before you got there? None of that. And frankly, the place itself <laughs> really? was kind of the, the place itself was kind of weird. Like that's okay. how I felt. I'm like, this is such an odd place. And you know what? That's how I feel when I walk into any bondage type club. It's not me, but it's sort of me. Like there's a little bit of me there. What it did when I went to that club is it awakened some kind of stirring. And I knew the stirring had to be with had to do with role playing as a submissive play partner. And what the brain melt moment, like the absolute tipping point, was when I found a partner to experiment with me and, and play with me in that dynamic in private. That mm-hmm. blew my flipping mind. It blew wow. my mind. And that scene is in my show as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll never forget it. I will never forget. I, I burst into tears with joy, with release, with surrender, with, and also that confusion of what is this? I didn't know what it is. And at that point, I didn't even care. I just knew that there was something that was in me that was finally getting expressed, and there was a lot of energy in it. Isn't that interesting? Now, did you feel it energetically in your heart or pelvically or mentally or on skin? Where did you feel it? I felt it right in my pelvis. It was so incredibly erotic for me. Mm-hmm. Was, I should say second chakra. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So erotic for me. And, mm-hmm. and there, you know, I appreciate you mentioning the chakras and, and what is it emotional. It, it has a lot of different elements, but it turns me on when it's the right combination of person and circumstance. It just works for me. It just works. Mm-hmm. Now, you also mentioned that when you had this kind of like woohoo moment mm-hmm. at Sanctuary. Now, is Sanctuary still there? Yes, yes. It used to be called Passive Arts. Then there was a fire, which I think was just, you, right. you know, it happened. And now it's right. called the Sanctuary, and it's still around. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I've been there recently. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Now, so, when you went through this experience, you refer to yourself as having had the political satisfaction of this discovery. Can you tell me what would be political about kinky sex? Good question. You know, and it took a couple of years to even think of it this way. What I, mm-hmm. Because at first, when I started playing as a submissive, and I consider myself 70% or 80%, that's my favorite way to play, um, to me, it was something to not talk about, given that I am an empowered female, I'm a business owner, I'm a professional speaker, I am a leader. So how do I, ju- how do I handle this 
care. How do, I, how do I balance that in my brain, right? Exactly. How can I be this, which feels very natural, and this, which feels very natural? So at first, it felt like something to hide. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I stand firm to say, wow, human beings are complex. I'm a human being. Look at this. If you can like me and you can see, wow, that is kind of a paradoxical thing, then maybe you can accept certain things in yourself too. Mm-hmm. And I consider that political. Also, okay. also, female sexual pleasure, I believe, is um, squelched in our culture. It's not, oh, fully no understood. not fully understood. And if we were all, we all women, were connected to our sexuality without any um, barriers or obstacles, we would be living in a different world. <laughs> I, I no? have to tell you, I... I completely agree with you on that, Jean, because mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that happens with anything of uh, discovery of sexuality is people are shamed by it or people will make a comment that then makes them just say, oh, this is not safe for me to discuss. Correct. It's so quick. And as a woman, because I've been brought up in a shame-based sexual culture, if I come out a little bit and then somebody says something, that's it. I'm not going to like when I was a good example, when I was like 18, I was a virgin, and yet I was playing with somebody I really was attracted to. I was having this beautiful, loud orgasm, and you know what he said? Because it, because he lived in an apartment where where his landlady was around, he said shh, and that oh. that shh quieted my orgasm to silence for probably over 15 years. Uh, a future partner called me the stealth comer because I, I trained myself to be completely silent from that one moment at 18. How wow. fragile. How fragile. But you know what? And, and you know, we are very delicate. We're all little delicate flowers when it comes to the area of sexuality. Now, we have two minutes until our halftime break here. Mm-hmm. Who was... The who was your guide or your mentor on learning? Was the person you found on Craigslist or was it your girlfriend? Yeah, ultimately, um, when I went to bondage.com to find a dominant partner, and I certainly kissed a few frogs, and I learned <laughs> I learned that there are plenty of frogs out there. I connected with a, a guy who I call him the character Zach in my play. We had a two-year relationship. He was my mentor. Okay. Yum yum yum. And, and complex, and complex, but oh my goodness, he, he had 20 okay, years. Okay, now, what, and now coming up to our fi- um, final minute before here, my guest, this is Jean Franzlauer. We're talking about her play that she is the producer, writer, and performer in. She's 20 different characters in Coming Out Kinky. And when we come back, what I'd like to go through is how did you realizing the role play and the kinky sex that you were enjoying, how did that change your dating and your relationships? And then I'd like to know the next question. And when did you tell your parents? Okay, I'm prepared. (laughs) Describe anything because you said, Lord knows you didn't want to do anything, you know, to have your parents know about what you were doing. Mm. So, and that is something that's probably one of the final healing pieces is this is who I am. Here come the tunes. Jean Franzblau and I will be back right after this break.
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high on life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back. This is Lou Paget. My guest is Jean Franzlau. And just before we left for the break, I said I'd like to go over, given that you said that you had this two-year yummy mm-hmm. relationship or mm-hmm. play partner, what term do you prefer to use? Uh, relationship is a great one. I think the easiest way for anybody to understand it is just call us boyfriend, girlfriend. We were, we were mostly monogamous partners. You know, we were partners. Okay. We were friends. We were lovers. But boyfriend, girlfriend is fine. Relationship, sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how did getting into and realizing what your sexual preferences were, what, how did that change your dating world or your relationship world? You said you went to bondage.com. So why did this two-year relationship end? Because you had shifted and changed your focus or did he? A couple things. I think one reason that it, it, it ended is that, there were some things beyond just sexuality. Sometimes after two years, two people realize that there are some value differences or just simply ways of living that aren't quite a match. There's so much mm-hmm. I think it takes to make a good match. So there were certain things that were just boyfriend, girlfriend, not quite fitting stuff. 
And then there was some there was some sexual stuff too, which is that I wasn't just submissive. <laughs> we didn't realize that, but apparently it's a common wisdom in the BDSM scene that a really seasoned player like him should be very careful not to get too deeply involved with somebody new because new people were just discovering themselves and doing a lot of experimenting. He wanted to know at the beginning of the relationship, are you submissive forever? Are you submissive 100%? I couldn't answer that. No way. But he wanted that certainty because I think he's had some heartbreak of, of that sort before where a person changed. Now, I didn't change. I still have a submissive you know, nature, and I wanted to explore my dominant side as well. Now, would that be, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to throw this sort of like little, little mm-hmm. ringer in here. Sure. What, what is the expression? Were you trying to top from the bottom? No, 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 no. I actually wanted his, he, number one, he just, he's just not submissive. Like there's nothing in him. That is that. I wanted mm-hmm. to find somebody else to play with who was. Who oh, was, oh, yeah. oh, 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 I see. Oh, so it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, he was 100%, so it wasn't an option. It was not an option. There wasn't, in the BDSM scene, somebody who can go both ways, dominant submissive is called a switch. I'm a switch. He ain't a switch. He did give me permission, you know, in the context of our relationship, he permitted that I could find a play partner and play once a month. And that was really exciting. And that seemed to work. And then I wanted to get a little bit more involved with that play partner. And my dominant partner was feeling left out. And things just, it it began to kind of go wonky. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a complex reason, but there you go. But you know what, here's what I also know, is that if someone is dealing with relationship issues, invariably it is a relationship issue. It isn't because of the kink. Correct, correct. If we had gone through any kind of therapy, we would have had wonderful things to talk about. It would have been very helpful and all that good stuff. Right. Like with Marilyn Lawrence, with Winston Wilde, with Hernando Chavez, Mm -hmm. who are all part of LASA here in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, their focus is working with couples who are into kink or couples who alternate, you know, sex. And it isn't, that isn't, because what will happen is many times if people are, in a kink world or an alternative sex world, they go to a regular therapist. Oh, what a mistake. The therapist doesn't know what to do. The therapist yeah, starts the dynamics saying, are so this complicated. is wrong. Yeah, the dynamics are complicated. And and that's not the case. So here you are. You did. How much did it change your dating and relationship oh, yeah. selection so process? It changed it forever. Um, thank goodness there are so many teachers like you. There are teachers like Reed Mahalko, who I'm sure you know. He Reed has this great saying, which mm-hmm. is date, date your species. And and for me, not only am I kinky or interested at least in having partners that like to play that way, I'm also polyamorous, meaning that I'm comfortable mm-hmm. having more than one meaningful relationship concurrently. So mm-hmm. for me to date somebody who doesn't know that at all or that world, they're going to be mighty disappointed and confused. Perhaps they might even think, if she really liked me, she'd only want to date me. But the truth right. is, and- there's, so much, there's so much, my taste is so varied that there are a lot of different aspects to it. Probably one person is not going to work. Well, and you know what? And that may just be, that is so totally okay for you. But you mm-hmm. don't need to be with someone who tells you that mm-hmm. you can only do things a certain way. It's like I know some people who the religion only has to be a certain way. 
Yeah. Or it's not going to work. And you know something? I think that there are enough human beings out there that we can probably find someone or someone's uh, yeah, yeah. that will will make us feel good about ourselves. When you said, Reed said, date your what? Your CC, like your carbon copy? Um, your species. S is in Sam, P is in Paul, E, C is in cat, I, E, right, S okay. Sam, species. Your, your, your animal type, kind of. Oh, okay. I got it now. And you I thought it, you said yeah. CC. I'm and so I, glad I, that you asked so that everybody else could, you know, hear it too. Yeah, date your animal type. You know, and my animal type would be somebody who's number one polyamorous and really can understand the complexity of that or can unfold it with me because I'm learning as well. And then uh-huh. ideally somebody who can certainly comprehend that I'm kinky and won't be appalled by that. Or, you know? or go like, oh, my God, how, how, how weird is this? That it is yeah. something that you are, again, you're playing on the same field. Mm-hmm. So now let, let me come to the next question that I just mm-hmm. have. To, okay. The other thing, I'm sure that it changing your dating and relationship process because everything's negotiated. Isn't that interesting? So yes, I've learned, I've learned um, pretty, pretty quickly if I'm like attracted to somebody and, and they're, they have to be a great communicator to give them the landscape of my love life so they know what they're getting into. So exactly. sure, I would have this safer sex conversation. There's all of that. But then there's also, and um, I, I consider myself polyamorous, switch, and I have one person that I'm dating a lot, and I'm able to have other play partners, but this, these are the parameters around that. Yeah, there's a lot to say up front, because I don't want to get bonded to somebody. And the I don't way want that you to... did with that long-term boyfriend. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm glad all of that happened. I mean, it was beautiful, but I don't want like somebody to get bonded to me or vice versa. It's really, they're going to be just really disappointed quickly or, or right. hurt. You know, this two-year relationship, I, I'm so grateful for. I learned so mm-hmm. much, and I think it, 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 it went its course. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, now, I'm happy for that, yeah. How did you tell your parents and or mm-hmm. your mother Mm-hmm. And or are they coming to this play? I'm sure they know about it. Oh, good gracious. So the way it went down is that when I was writing the play, I'm like, you know what, for right now when I'm in the writing phase, I, this is private. You know, I'm still exploring and I'm doing it in small, you know, I'm, I'm exploring in small writing groups. It's fine. When I began to prepare for a preview performance last year, as mm-hmm. soon as I knew that I was going to create a website that had my face, my name, and this subject matter, I felt I needed to tell um, the people who have my last name <laughs> because if somebody's looking to find out more about my brother and Googles his name, my name might pop up and that material might pop up. He needs to be aware. That's but hysterical. Be- now, okay. So, but before so all what of did that, they say? Yes. Well, well, first of all, before all of that, when I had that breakup, my mom, who's a loving mom, was witnessing her daughter heartbroken, and she wanted to know, as a mom would, how can I make it better, honey? What's going on? Tell me your story. And I just was being really vague. She had met him. She liked him a lot. Where was he? What happened? And so I was vague for a long time, and finally I'm like, she's ready. I'm ready. Let's have the talk. <laughs> so we had the talk. I, I raised, and by the yeah, way, it was, was it, were you on the phone or face to face? We were face to face, and that. Okay, that so, so did she have face. little Cheerio lips and go? Ooh, she was. She was the first. 
reaction, she's a, is, is very visceral. Her first reaction is fear-based. What? What? Yeah, what's going on? What are you doing? Are you unsafe? You're, you know, and, it's, and then when I let her have that experience and then we back up and say, what questions do you have? Or let me explain some things. Then she becomes incredibly curious. Oh, yeah. that is too uh, precious. She is, and that's why it's in the show. It's that she's adorable. <laughs> she's adorable. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so precious. <laughs> it is, and and she has. This is not an easy dance for her, you know. If anybody needed therapy after, you know, it would be my mom. I mean, it's tough to be in her generation. She is in her seventies, sorry, mom, but it's true. And so, how does somebody from a totally different generation, where sexuality wasn't, you know, you get what I'm getting at? And then mm-hmm. to have a daughter who's so out, who's talking about sexuality and sexual well, interest. Well, now, how, is, how, how are they relating now to your older sister? Um, um, she, my sister, I don't think, identifies as kinky. Uh, but she is, I think, a healthy sexual being. So in terms of that, I mean, they just want her to be happy. And she mm-hmm. is, you know, that's, that's what counts. They want their kids to be happy. That's Okay then if they want their kids to be happy, mm-hmm. touche. That, that, that to me is parents who get five stars. Yes, I would agree so, too. And my sister who doesn't really understand, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? She has a more conservative nature. Last time we talked on the phone, she's like, so what T-shirts are you going to sell for your, for your show? And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? She sure did. And I'm like, that is just darling. And when I told my brother, because he knows that I'm a writer, he's like, have you ever seen that HBO show called Girls? They might be interested in, you know, like he just started brainstorming. Like Lena Dunham. Yeah, he brainstormed how I could be successful with my writing about sexuality. That's oh, kind no, that's, that's fabulous. So, so now we're coming up to our, our final break here. Okay. And when we come back, what I would like to do is have you walk someone through that the, the question that I ask, can you guide someone who may be wondering if they are kinky, the questions to ask themselves? Sure thing. Because I think when people have a template of ideas, mm-hmm. it makes it so much easier for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if they have someone who can walk them through it. So my guest is Jean Franzblau. Um, she is the producer, writer, and performer of Coming Out Kinky, which will have its world premiere. Uh, at the theater in Santa Monica, May 3rd. And the details will be up on my site. Here come the tunes, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the all other things kinky. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. 
Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul Radio Show, empowering women to build a successful business, invites you to join her on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Rockstar Radio Network. At the ripe age of five, she was already interpreting information in documents and instructions on forms for her immigrant parents. Now, through her experience and those of her guests, she provides you with valuable steps to empower you to reach financial independence. Martha A. Sanchez is a registered nurse with a a bachelor in nursing and master's of business administration. She's a business coach, speaker, author, and CEO of Moss International, LLC. Her diverse work experience brings you expertise in areas essential to customer service, social media, and budgeting. The Mommy to Mogul radio show furthers her personal mission of empowering women to help them build successful businesses so they can reach financial independence. Join Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul radio show, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. So, as, as, as I was saying before the break, that I would like Jean to go through what are the ways and, and how could she guide someone with ha- asking themselves their questions whether or they're kinky or not. Because I'll tell you, Jean, I have a lot of people, particularly mm-hmm. 20s and, and younger, who say, well, yeah, I'm into kink. And then when I ask them, what does that mean for you? Mm-hmm. What do they, they say? They, they can't describe it. They just mm-hmm. say, well, I'm into kink because being into kink is cool. Yes, it is a cool word. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I qualify before I used it. <laughs> <laughs> but, so let's say that there is someone who... They're wondering whether or not they truly are into kink. Mm-hmm. What would be the questions that you would ask them? One thing I would ask is, what do you think about when you masturbate? Uh, some people. Oh, okay. Well, that, how do you fantasize? Yeah. Well, what? Well, specifically to climax. What are you thinking about when you're climaxing? That might give you a clue. Now, in, as it relates to BDSM, which is my flavor of what I call kink. Then I would be. I would ask, do you um, when you look at that kind of material, whether it be um, reading material or online material, is that what you seek out? What kind of visual are you seeking out? Is it kink? Okay. You know, now, you'll know when if you get if your if your penis gets hard or your vulva gets moist around that material. Chances are, this is you. And there are, you know, there is one group, Cleese Press. It mm-hmm. very much specializes in 
kink and erotica for mm-hmm. women and for men. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally, I've just been sent some of their other books. Do you ever read any of the Cleese material? I haven't, but I'm writing it down right now. How do you spell that? C-L-E-I-S. S is in Sam? Yes, it is. And so, so is it and meant to be erotic? Like, should I bring my lubricant to the website, ab- if you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so and they up. have a whole range mm-hmm. of, they're known for being the, the, the kinky, edgy publisher oh, for sex. And they have people who are in that world who write it. Perfect. See, that's what I like is authenticity. Authenticity. That's so appealing. And if you show me one piece of video where it's people acting as if and they don't have any idea what it is and they're not in their bodies, and then another maybe homemade video where there are two people who love, you know, care for each other and are playing just whole hog. It's that second video. That's going to be the one I keep going back to, you know? Well, you know, and I'll tell you, a lot of the times when people are looking at girl-on-girl material, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's girl-on-girl material directed by men. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and I have friends of mine who they've gone like this, uh, (laughs) no lesbian would ever do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, again, find the authentic stuff. Now, you had mentioned... I know about FetLife.com. Yes, it's I think it's a great place to go. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, FetLife is what I would recommend, is what I do recommend to people. Mm-hmm. Above yeah. all, I mm-hmm. tell them to avoid Kink.com. Understood. Yeah, we were talking about that, and I don't like hearing that some of their models are not being respected. It's just unacceptable. No, I just, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it is an absolutely heinous site. Mm-hmm. And I tell people... If you think that you're going to be getting the right information from this, you aren't. And it's from people who have been in the films, for people who know that world. And it's not a job is, educated. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, my job as an educator is to know what's out there, to have an awareness. So let's go back here. Someone wants to know, am I kinky, am I not? So what do you, what do you fantasize about when you climax? That's a good okay. one. And the next one would be, great, go on to Set Life. And mm-hmm. you can create a profile. It doesn't need to be a real photo. It can be a photo of, you know, you know, it can be in a way that keeps you, your identity private. Come up with a clever name that delights you. And from that point forward, once you have your profile, tell the truth. In other words, find groups to join that actually do excite you. Ask questions of people that you actually have. Don't mask yourself and be somebody else. Be you in that world. So okay, so get, tell me, what would, be the, what would be the questions to ask? Well, I think it's a good idea. What's great about that life is that you can look around at people who are happily enjoying their kink, and there's so many kinds of kink. I think there's the educational right there. I mm-hmm. discover one I hadn't even heard of, which is foreign to me, but as long as people are happy and consensual, I'm curious. And I'm open to it as long as, just like I said. So I discovered this whole set of people who like to wear diapers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and there's a bunch of reasons why they do and how they like it. And one guy has a photo on his profile. He, he's on a motorcycle. He's wearing jeans. You're seeing him drive away with these big-ass diapers hanging out of his jeans. And I'm just like, <laughs> I love you. I don't know who you are, but I love you because you're owning 
your kink. You so, are, you are, and being, you are being completely authentic in your kink so now. It's adorable. You know, I don't necessarily want to play with that, you know, him, because I, it might not be my thing, but you know what? I would try. Whatever that is, I would you ask know? him to tell me more about it. Can you help me exactly. understand what you like? I, and we, sure, if I felt safe, I'd test it out just to see what it was. Right. Now, for your play, people can get the tickets. They can contact you through kinkygene.com, correct? That's right. You spell gene like a pair of pants. If you go to kinkygene.com, it's my blog. It talks about the show, and there's a link right to buy tickets. Now, the other thing, mm-hmm. you, the clubs that you would recommend, mm-hmm. are the, the, the clubs that you know about here in Los Angeles? I, you know, the one that I think would be something to check out is called Threshold, and I believe their website is threshold.org. The reason why I like this club is because it is a community, and they have classes, and they have parties that are public where people can go and check it out, and it's inexpensive, so that, you know, entering is not difficult. For all of those reasons, I, I really like the spirit of that club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the because um, I know when I was trying to help a woman who wanted to do, she wanted to become, act with her partner as a pro-dom, mm. I ended up having to get a quick education on this in order to walk her through what wow. she wanted to do. Wow. And, yeah, and I found the perfect, perfect role for her to play, which was uh, the Duchess of Windsor. Oh, ooh, that sounds like a lot of fun. And the Duchess of Windsor is really what, sort of like what this woman is... Um, like now, we have a question here from a caller. What does play mean? Oh, what a great question! Thank you for asking because that was me unnecessarily using in inside jargon. I mean, basically using inside like the lingo of BDSM. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, when a couple decides that they want to have an interaction, they call it. Can I play with you? And t- that tends to mean, can I have an erotic experience with you? And the word play, I think, is perfect because the spirit of a lot of this experimentation is like you're on the playground in a way. Mm-hmm. So what that, we call it having a scene. And, and we would say, okay, the scene might begin at 5 and it'll end at 8 p.m. And here's the parameters. Here's what's okay. Here's what's not. Here's my safe word. And all, everything that's happening inside of that scene is, uh, is play. Would you like to play with me? I hope that answers. There we go. Now, is it, does this, and if someone doesn't want to play with you or you don't want to play with someone, is it, that's just perfectly okay too? Yes, it's all about consensual. In fact, one of the best and most popular phrases in BDSM is that everything is safe, sane, and consensual. Correct. Right? So you have to be mentally well. You have to be sane in order to be consensual. But nobody is playing with anybody unless it's consensual, although it might seem intense. In the context of the role play, both parties are having the time of their life. That's what it's right. about. I, um, Olga Perez did mm-hmm. a presentation with her partner, Blue, and they're 24-7 mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. dom-sub relationship. Oh. And I have to admit, when I, it was a great presentation at Quad S in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I learned so much from that. And again... Mm-hmm. It is knowing, being aware is the thing that has me 
put my little educator glasses on. So mm-hmm. let me ask you, we've got about two minutes here until the end. Okay. Are you sexually fulfilled now? Well, I think what makes me feel, what, the way I would define sexually fulfilled is I feel like I have the capacity, the interest, the willingness, and the health to pursue my interests. Mm-hmm. That, to me, that is fulfilling. Now, and, and I have a play partner, you know, that I'm looking forward to. You know, like there's something I'm looking forward to in the future. Yay, those are all great. I also have goals. <laughs> that makes me a sex nerd. I have certain goals, so I always am striving for other experiences and new things to try, and those are all un- unfolding, so both. Okay. Now, not that I want to be totally nosy, but what are your goals? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sure you're very familiar with G-spot massage and squirting. Mm-hmm. I, um, I want to be able to, to do that more often. And um, I want to be, yeah, I want to be, I want to just be more well-versed in that. Um, I want to be a better lover of myself. So more self-love so I can try lots of different things and not feel like I need a partner in order to be sexual. I want more self-love. I want to have, I want to have a a triad or a, um, a threesome with two bisexual men. Because I'm very into homoerotic, yum, 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 looking at guys together. And so if they like me and they like each other, I'm very excited about that. Okay. Now we have, we're coming down to our final minute here. (laughs) I can go on. (laughs) I know. My guest this evening has been Jean Franzlau. She is the producer, writer, and performer, 20 different characters in her play, Coming Out Kinky. You can find information on it on kinkygene.com. J-E-A-N, like kinky, her name, Jean, dot com. And I just, I, I mean, I love having this conversation, my dear. I think those guiding people with those questions was great. Jean, thank you so much for being on my show. It has my been my pleasure. pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, and then I will get this information to Berta Davis so those therapists can get to your show. Thank you, and I will uh, get a comp to you and to her, so we'll be in touch that way. Okay, thanks so much, Jean. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Bye.